Hi, I'm Evan Duncan, the senior pastor of the Baptist Church of Westchester in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I'm so glad you found our podcast channel. On it, we share our weekly messages, and from time to time, you'll see some other things as well. If you want to learn more about our church or see how you can contact us, visit bcwc.org. Good morning, everybody watching online as well. It's so good to be together, to worship together, uh, to kick off this kind of new semester season together and to talk about the Holy Spirit. Zach did an awesome job already. There's covered lots of ground, so uh, that's great. I wanted to tell you a story. Years ago, when I was starting out my career as a pastor, uh, I realized it was about to be my turn on the schedule to go do some hospital visits. And I realized that if there was a class that I was supposed to take about hospital visits, I didn't take it. And I had some questions. I had some questions like, what, what, how long do I stay? What do I do when I get to the hospital? Do I tell them that I'm there to see somebody? Did they let me in? Do I need a fancy badge? What if the doctors come in while I'm there? What if the person isn't there? What if the person is asleep? Do I wake them up? I went to visit a mentor and a friend, Gary, because he is the best hospital visitor I know. I brought my questions and my notebook. I was ready to take copious notes. He didn't even let me ask all of my questions. I remember him standing up, putting his coat on, and said, I'm going to give some visits today. Come with me. And so we went. He guided me how it was done. We went through the process of the hospital from where to park, who to talk to at the front desk, how to navigate the halls and the corridors. I watched him, partnered with him. He asked me to join in, to pray. On the way back, he talked me through the process and things he'd learned on the way, mistakes he'd made. One of the hardest parts for me when, when we left Texas was leaving behind my friend Gary. Where do I go with my questions? <laughs> Luckily, cell phones and email exists. I've already asked Gary a thing or two. The first followers of Jesus must have had a lot of questions when they realized that Jesus was going away. They'd relied on him for guidance, for answers. How would they carry on when he wasn't right there beside them? What about when things got complicated? <laughs> when the problems and answers were murky. Perhaps we have similar questions today. How do we move forward in a complicated world where there are things we, we don't have the answers for? When things aren't always clear cut, how do we move forward with emotions and relationships and all the messiness? How do we know we're going in the right direction? What do we do if we're afraid we've wandered off course? Sometimes I think, Jesus, why did you have to leave 2,000 years ago? Couldn't you have waited till like YouTube so you could make a tutorial for all of us? We could just at least check in. YouTube has taught me much. We can be tempted to come up with the strictest rules and guidelines to always apply to every situation, but then we risk stop following Jesus and starting to only follow the rules. We can be tempted to just give up. Hope we can figure everything out on our own, only to discover we're not as capable as we hoped. 
Where is our help? In the Bible, in John chapter 6, Jesus had been teaching about what was to come. How he himself was the bread of life, would be the rescue for people. But to follow him meant there would be sacrifice and challenge. But he said it'd be worth it. But many of the people who had been following Jesus decided at this point it sounded too risky, too difficult, too complicated. They left. And in John chapter 6, 67 through 69, Jesus turns and asks the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. So this morning we begin this series together on the Holy Spirit. And in this series, I hope that, that we come to respond to Peter's question. Jesus, where do we go? To whom do we go? I have good news. Jesus has not left us alone. We have been given a helper, an advocate, a guide, the very presence of God among us, the Holy Spirit. You maybe have not spent a ton of time thinking about the Holy Spirit. That word spirit, right, it's kind of hard to grasp. It's often misunderstood, ignored. It can sound maybe too mystical for you or too superstitious. Or if you grew up with using that old language like I did in my home church, we would say, Holy Ghost. And that just sounded spooky. And yet the scriptures are soaked with this language of the Spirit. And like Zach taught us, the Spirit, that word, it comes from a word for breath. That is, the Spirit is life. Like a wind, it is essential and powerful and unpredictable and sustaining. I do have some bad news. I don't expect by the end of this series that we'll have the Holy Spirit figured out. The Spirit is God, and God doesn't ever fit into our boxes. But perhaps we'll have a better understanding of who this Spirit is to us and how we can be shaped, guided, cared for by this personal, powerful presence of God. So I want to turn to John chapter 16. Jesus now is teaching, and he's giving his farewell discourse before he was killed, he was giving this last teaching to his followers. And this time, instead of the issue being that perhaps his disciples would go away, now they know that Jesus is going away to the cross. This is John 16, starting in verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father. And you will see me no longer, about judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. The disciples must have been asking questions. Jesus, you're going away. What does that mean for us? Will we be okay? And Jesus reassures them and says, it is actually to your benefit. What? <laughs> How can that be an advantage? Because now, unlike God's presence being with them in the person of Jesus, God's presence is with them everywhere, within them 
within us by God's very spirit, the breath, the life. Back in Genesis, in the poem of creation, the story says that God breathed life into humanity, saw the first human, and the first human was alone. And God said, it's not good for the human to be alone and made another, a partner, a helper, a collaborator. Often, we think, fine, I'll do it alone. When we're frustrated or we're conflicted or we're annoyed with someone, we say, fine. But God says it's not good to be alone. And God gives the Spirit. The Spirit is our advocate. What does that word mean, advocate? Advocate is it's a legal term, a law term, someone that would represent you, stand up for you. We hear that term and we think, okay, does that mean the Holy Spirit is saying to everybody out there, look, they're right, you're wrong, deal with it. No. Instead, the idea is that the Spirit is speaking to us, reminding us that following Jesus is worth it. The trial is happening within us, and the Spirit reveals to us again and again in every question, every situation, that we can see ourselves and the world around us in the light of Christ, in Christ's sacrifice. These disciples are about to see their master dragged away and killed. Can you imagine what they must have felt? What was going through their minds, the questions they had, the frustration, the confusion, the advocate will remind them. We'll say yes. Sin exists. It is a rejection of Christ. It is sin that led us to rebel. It is sin, as one writer puts it, that is failure to love the world, ourselves, and Christ. The advocate will remind us about what happened with Christ on the cross. That yes, it was wrong that he was killed. Christ was not guilty and he has gone to the Father. He was not sent to death forever, but defeated death, defeated defeated the ruler of this world's death. The advocate reminds us Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. One pastor and writer tells this story of hiking uh, in the woods with a one-year-old. His one-year-old son, he's gone for a hike. I've hiked with my one-year-old. It can be an adventure. He had one of those backpack things that the, the kid can ride in on his back. He was hiking in the woods with a one-year-old on him. It was going well, and then rain started to fall, maybe like this morning. And then it got worse. Thunder clapped. The rain was pouring, and he was out on the hike. He turned around, was trying to get back as fast as he could, but the rain was pouring, and his son began to whimper and then cry and cry and cry. He was doing everything he could to get back as quickly as he could, and he began to soothe his son. By whispering again and again and again, I love you, buddy. We're going to make it. I love you, buddy. We're going to make it. When we say the Spirit is our advocate, this is the role of the Spirit. As the rain falls and we deal with whatever we deal with, the Spirit reminds us again and again, I love you. We're going to make it. The Spirit is also our guide. 
John 16, 12 through 15 says this. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus said to them, but you cannot bear them now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, will declare to you all things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Spirit will guide you to all truth. He will glorify me, Jesus says. We hear that word glorify today, and we may not know what to do with it. We don't talk about glorify. We don't say glory very often unless we're talking about, I don't know, Super Bowl rings, right? What does glory mean? What does it mean for God to have glory? Does it sound like God just wants attention or a throne, recognition to be better, and we all say woohoo? No, this idea in the scripture of glorify when talking about God is this idea that God's very character, who God is, would be transmitted to creation. That God is glorified as we are transformed to be more like Christ. The Spirit guides us to this transformation. We see the nature of this relationship here. The Father, the Son, the Spirit pouring into each other and the Spirit pouring into us. God with us. Jesus understands that his followers in this moment can only absorb so much right now. <laughs> How could he tell them all that he wanted to? When he was about to be killed and raised to new life, they would say, wait, what? <laughs> but the Spirit continues to guide. The Advocate is present with us, our guide in all things, to all truth, throughout all the question marks. One theologian says it like this, the Spirit is something we seek. It also comes upon men and women. It empowers, it guides, it graces, it shapes lives. It watches over destinies exactly as God does each of these things. For the Spirit of God is God. God is Holy Spirit. The Spirit guides us. The Spirit guides us like Gary guided me that day. Not just with the knowledge and the answers to the questions, but with relationship and confidence and partnership with connection. That is the language of the Father giving to the Son, Jesus giving to the Spirit, the Spirit giving to us. It's not just about knowing what everything says, but how the Spirit shapes us so we can respond to whatever we deal with. Whatever we face, whatever we're in the midst of, this is not just the knowledge that someday the storm may end, but it is somebody walking in the storm with us, the Spirit. I love you. You're going to make it. Theologian Dale Bruner once pointed out that the Spirit will give to the world not just the content of revelation, but will reveal the relevance of that revelation. 
So this is not just information about who Jesus is, but what it means for us, how we take it to our lives, what it looks like. It means the Spirit guides us to speak up and act and live. It reminds us, reminds us of Christ and points us towards Christ. Tells us who Jesus is and why this matters. And I'll tell you, this is what our world needs. Not just more Christians who know things about Jesus, but more who live like they actually believe what they know about Jesus. Christians who let themselves be shaped in this messy, complicated world by guidance, connection, the advocate. That we might remember the Spirit of God is within us, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead within us. <laughs> Through the Father, the Son, guided by all Spirit to the truth. What might the Spirit do through us? How might the Spirit call us to move in our time, in our place, in our community, in our relationships? One writer reflecting on the Spirit and the way the Spirit moves among us writes this, to get a little more concrete. Over a hundred years ago, the church in the United States determined in the 19th century that despite its century-long acceptance and much Christian endorsement of human slavery, that this practice could not, as a matter of fact, be accepted on biblical grounds. Indeed, on biblical grounds, it had to be rejected and repudiated. Was this about face the result of the Holy Spirit's ongoing work of leading us into all truth? The case could well be made. The Spirit is our advocate and our guide, and as we listen to the Spirit, we are invited to participate in what the Spirit does. When I told Gary that I was moving to Pennsylvania, we may have shed a tear or two. For me, he pointed to Jesus again and again with his very life. He was a conduit of the Holy Spirit, a guide and an advocate. And I pray that I will be that for others by the power of the Spirit. Will you join me in that prayer? That each of us might be a conduit of the Holy Spirit in this place with one another. I don't remember the words that we shared in his office when I told him. But I know what I felt. I'm left with that feeling, and it is that feeling that is always offered by the Spirit, the feeling that I hope we offer to one another. I love you. We're going to make it. Let's pray. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit. That you knew that it was not good for humanity to be alone, so you sent Jesus, God in flesh, you walked among us. You showed us what God is like in the person of Christ defeated death. Ascended into heaven, but did not leave us alone. Thank you for your advocate. Our guide, the Holy Spirit, who is God. May we be aware 
and breathe in your presence, for it is all around us. May we seek you for guidance. May we hear as you whisper what you have to say to us. May we be still enough to hear. And may you use us to guide others, to advocate for others, to let ourselves and our responses to this world, our relationships, our challenges, our fears, be shaped by your guidance and your care. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Baptist Church of Westchester podcast. If you have questions, want to connect, or are looking for ways that you can support God's work at this church, visit bcwc.org. And as you go, through whatever your day may throw at you, I want to share this blessing with you. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you in the wilderness, protect you in the storms. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go and be the church. Thank you.